Um, so I, you may have a uh, couple things. One, you may have heard that uh, we were going to start a new series this week, but we had one to finish that I wanted to make sure that we went back in and finished up over the next two weeks. So uh, the series, uh, and they did everything they were supposed to do to relay that we were starting a new series this week, but uh, it's not happening. So that'll happen in two weeks. Um, so if you could do me a favor, take out your cell phones, and uh, unless you're, unless you're, you know, we want you to share that we have service going in here. Uh, Dr. Phil, you don't have to do it because uh, you, you're, this isn't your church home, but unless you want to, we'd love to go to our page, share it, let people know. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, usually you don't get to see my socks. I, uh, uh, and so, but we are in this series called, we're going to finish the series this last two weeks called Fresh Air. And today we're going to dive in a little bit. And I want to ask you something. What is, what do you think is one word that could change your life? What is one word that could change your life? And what one word would you choose? You know, the, the, this question was asked to people out there, and the, the, some of the responses that got back were they wanted to be successful. If you were successful, that would change your life. And if you were influential, that could change your, your life. Like if you were a, uh, a, an Instagram, what do they call those? An influencer. That, that, would be, that would be what made the difference. The other people said, if I was just happy, if I could just be happy, that would change my life. And see, I believe, and I think lots of people out there believe the same thing, is that one word in God's eyes stands above the rest. I, I really believe this. And when we get to heaven, I can tell you, if we live a life that pleases God, he doesn't come out and say, well done, good and successful servant. Right? Or, well done, good and, and, and influential servant. Or, well done, good and and happy servant. What does he say? He says, he says, well, good, well done, good, and what? Faithful. Faithful. Some of you already know the one word. Some of you already know it, but, but that's what we're all aiming to hear. We're all aiming to hear the word, well done, good, and faithful servant. When we get there, we want to hear that. We don't want to hear, well, you were successful. Success is not, is not a positive in the Bible often. Right? It's about being faithful and doing things. And so that's the reason why we chose, or I chose the title of this to be the one word that will change your life. The one word that will change your life, as we're doing this series called Fresh Air, it, and it's about the decisions that we're making for 2022. We started this and we talked about these different things, the quality of what we're going to be moving forward with. And, and we talked about the different decisions we're going to make and how we're going to put things together. We talked about being ready. We've talked about being consistent. We've talked about being devoted. We've talked about being generous. And today we're talking about being faithful. See, if we do these things this year, we will have a direct, direct correlation to a, a successful year in God's eyes, not in what man's eyes sees, right? Because man's eyes go, we need more money. We need more influence. We need more employees. We need more of this. Where, in God's eyes, he just wants you to live a life that is set apart from everybody else's in faith. To be moving forward. And see, I want to tell you, you can never accidentally be faithful. You can't accidentally just be walking down the street and all of a sudden trip and go, oh, I'm faithful today. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. You have to make a choice to be, to be faithful day in, day out. 
You're going to have to make that choice. And decade after decade, it's just not one day that you go, well, today, I'm, today I am faithful. Tomorrow will be another story. It, it, it's not going to work out that way. See, the li- our trajectory of our life is the way that we are pointed. And, and see, the problem is, is that most of us are pointed to what is convenient. Most of us are pointed to, you know, hey, how easy is it? How, how much can I get for this? How, 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 can I, how can I make my life easier? Those are the things that we say all the time. Well, that's going to be hard. Being faithful is going to be hard. I, I, I don't want to sugarcoat this at all. To live faithful to Jesus is going to be difficult and it's going to be hard. You're going to be, people are going to make fun of you. People are going to try and tear you down. People are, every time that you take a step forward, people out there, the harvest, is going to try and pull you back over and over and over again. You're going to face it daily. And the louder you live your life, the more that the naysayers will try to pull you down. The louder your faith is, the more bold you are, the more that you will be pulled down so that people can tear you off the ladder that you were trying to climb closer to Jesus. That's what it's going to happen. And that's what, you see, it's going to be difficult. Habakkuk 2.4, and this is from the NLT, so I just, it, it may not read as you have what's in front of you. It says, look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives are crooked. But the righteous will live by what? The righteous, I think we're supposed to be in some scripture back there. Their faithfulness to God. They will be living in their faithfulness to God. And see, what does it mean to be faithful? What does that mean? What does that look like? How do we live it out? And see, Jesus talks about faithfulness. Jesus, he, 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 he gives us these these opportunities for us to make our mind up before we ever get to these opportunities and see what we need to start looking at is one, we need to say that every, so I'm going to give you all the fill in the blanks right now, by the way. So if you're following along on our list, just go ahead. We're going to fill them in all right now. Number one, every interaction is an opportunity to add value. Every interaction that we have with somebody is an opportunity to add value. I love what John Maxwell said. John Maxwell says, see the good in everybody that you encounter. See something good in them. Often, people don't see good in themselves. So every interaction you have with somebody is an opportunity to add value. Every resource is an opportunity to multiply. Every resource is an opportunity to multiply. And every prompting is an opportunity to obey God. Every prompting is an opportunity to obey God. All right, so let's kind of dive into these, each one. Every interaction is an opportunity to add value. Everywhere you go, it's an opportunity for you to be able to add value. Every person you meet, everyone you see, is an opportunity to bless and add. And it's, see, we are, we are never consistently doing this. Right? We never consistently go out and add value. We, and it's, see, we add value by chance often. Often we go along and we need to add, and, it, and we don't do it with every person we meet. It, it never happens that way. And see, we're so focused on ourselves, we go, what do they think of me? 
rather than going, how can I help them and how can I add value to them? We don't do that. We don't do that at all. We tend to so focus on ourselves that it changes the dynamic of every room that we walk into. When you walk into a room, do people see, do they see good? Or do they go, ah, oh, he's here. Oh, she's here? Man. You know, like I, I was part of a small group one time, and uh, somebody walked in the room, and everybody in the room stopped talking. And, I, you know, it's kind of normal. Like, I thought they were going to greet this person that they walked in. And everybody stopped talking for a whole different reason. We, we, at the end of the group, they said, hey, we all stopped talking because we can't share. We can't share without that person going out and spreading it. And, and so the, the gossip, I, you know, it reminds me of a joke. You know, uh, <laughs> it's appropriate. It's a appropriate joke. It's, it's good. But uh, a group of pastors were all in a room together, and they all said, hey, guys, we're going to hold each other. We're going to be accountability partners, and we're going to share what's troubling us, and we're going to share our sins. And, and they just all started, and one guy goes, I've been having this problem with, with, you know, with envy of other churches. And I, I've had this problem with, you know, one came out and said I had a problem. And this, by me, this is a joke. One, one came out and said I had a problem with porn, and another one came out and said I've, I've almost had an adulterous relationship. And they get to the last guy, and, and his... His eyes are wide open, and he's like almost salivating. And he goes, guys, I hate to tell you this, but I got a problem with gossip. <laughs> and so, uh, it, you know, <laughs> the question is, is how do you add value to your conversations, right? Ephesians 4.29, it says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So uh, every email I get from Dr. Phil at the end of it, it says, believing in you, right? Every email. And he shared that at the, he shared at this conference we were just at, he, he started doing that as a youth pastor. He started saying, believing in you, because most people are not getting that statement that I believe in you, that I believe that you are trying to do the right things, that I believe that you are you were trying to seek God daily. That I believe in you to do what you say you're going to do. I believe in you. I, you know, how often do you end your emails with I believe in you? Or how often do you end your emails with something good? How often are you trying to build people up? How often are you seeing the best in them? When you walk into a room, does the climate get better? When you walk into the room, do people go, yay, she's here or he's here or or do they want you when you or do you make people better? Do you help them increase? Do you help them have more faith? That's a big question for us. Do you, when you walk in as a disciple, do we help them have more faith, or do we are we the faith killers of the room? We walk in and you just suck the faith out of the room because they're going, God, please help me deal with this person. <sighs> I know, I know. See. We, so you know, when you start looking at it, you start seeing what Jesus said and what he didn't say. The disciples were worried. And he goes, don't worry about what you eat or drink. You know, you know the, the women who sinned, she feels shame. She feels, she, she's looking at her accuser, she feels fear. And he goes, I don't condemn you either. You, you know, it, it's just, Peter denied. And people will go, you can't trust Peter. <laughs> Peter's, an, he, he, when? He, and, he, and, and, and yet he goes, I love you, Peter. I, I, 
And see, and he even entrusts Peter after that. He goes, he goes now go feed my sheep. He gives him power. He goes, here, let me, do us, do we do that? Somebody who, somebody who denies you, do, you, do you go back just a few short weeks later and go, go feed my sheep and trust them with power? Do you go, here, I want to I entrust you with something new. How about what Jesus just said? My father loves you and will never leave you. Every interaction is an opportunity. Every interaction is an opportunity to love, to build up, to be able to add value to people. You have to take those opportunities. You have to. See, you know, see, I, I'm just telling you, is that all of my ministry career until recently, I faced rejection over and over and over again. Rejection. And yet, I get an email from Phil that says, believing in you. I believe in you. I faced rejection over and over. I had all kinds of people say, you're never going to be able to do it, Mike. You're never going to be able to do it. And yet, I look at, there's thousands of churches that are closing their doors day after day after day because of COVID or because of everything that's happening. And yet, here we are, we're still standing because somebody goes, I believe in you. That's what it is. That's what we see. See, we have to be faithful in every interaction to take that opportunity. We have an interaction to add support, add value. The next one, every resource is an opportunity to multiply. Look at Matthew 25. A man's getting ready to go on a journey, and he trusted his wealth to servants. He gets five, two, one, right? He gets five bags. The one he gets five bags to, he goes, this is my opportunity. It's time for me to risk it. Let's go out and let's do this, and he doubles it. And, it's, and here's what it says in verse 21, Matthew 25, 21. He says, and his master replied. What did he say? Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Now that word, that word faithful in the Bible, I gave it to you in your notes here. It's pistos, P-I-S-T-O-S. And it's a person who shows themselves faithful in transactions of business, the execution of commands, or the discharge of official duties. That's the Greek translation for it. What, see, one of our most faithful duties we can do as a follower is we take care of what God has given to us and go multiply it. That's what we can do. You know, we, our job, God has said here, I'm entrusting you as ambassadors. I'm entrusting you as, as my hands and feet. It's our job now to go out and multiply it in our communities. It's our job to go out and go multiply it with disciples. Go make it to where we're actually reaching people for the gospel, with the gospel. We're reaching people for Jesus. And so often we go out there and we don't do that work. We go out there and we live our faith very quietly. Well, he's entrusted us with this gift. And we go out and we walk outside and we just don't even, how many people, I love Rick Warren's line, he goes, how much evidence is there to convict you of Christianity? Because if you're not living it out loud, there's probably not much evidence at all. So the faith that you've been entrusted with or the faith that you have, you're not using it, and the gifts that you've been given, you're not using it to multiply for Jesus. You're, you're just hiding it. It's, it's, it's almost as if you're like trying to practice to be the Wizard of Oz, to hide behind a curtain and try and control things remotely. That's just not going to work. We, we, have, to, we have to start looking at this. And so you may have a business. Is it a God-honoring business, or are you trying to cheat people? As you, do you offer us a service that bless, that blesses people? Do you, do you take risks for appreciating what the value is going to be? As, as 
When we look at church, you know, we, we, are we efficient? Are we doing things? Are we taking stewardship of what God has given to us? Do we, I got to ask you, do we lead the way with a, just an irrational generosity? Are we willing to give when we just go, I don't know when God's going to take care of this? I know we talk about our local missions. How much do we do? How many people do we serve every week with food giveaway? How many people do we help house and homeless shelters? How much are we doing? Do we look at this and we go, God, I love, this. I love the analogy that people name with us. We're like the little church that could, right? The little engine that could, because we just keep plugging away and we do it. Because we, today, this afternoon, there's 52 people that are being housed because of the resources and your generosity of the edge. 52 people are split head at... This last week, we served 222 families, or 222 individuals, 72 families at our food distribution. That's because of you, not because of me. I wasn't there. Those are the things that we look at and we start going, what is it that we are doing? When we take the resources that we've given, that have been given to the edge, and we go out and multiply it, we have to do the same thing as individuals. We have to go out and multiply our faith. We have to go out and and it's not just a pro, it's not just one of these things of, of addition. We need to be looking at multiplication. We need to be multiplying and going and, and taking, you know, we, we just got to go from being just one to three, from three to nine, from nine to whatever that God has said, this is where I want you. But you have to be faithful in that. Be multipliers. All right. So we have to have, remember this. Every, uh, every interaction is an opportunity to add value. Every resource is an opportunity to multiply, and every prompting is an opportunity to obey God. Every prompting is an opportunity to obey God. And see, here's, so, every prompting, there we go. And here's what it says in Acts 20, 22, and it says, And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. See, when you are faithfully following Jesus... You will be prompted and compelled to go do things for him. You'll be prompted and, and compelled. See, here's the thing. That prompting may be, hey, you should call somebody. I was driving down the road just two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. I was driving down the road, and I got this prompting. I said, I need to call. And somebody who's here today, I don't want to put them on blast, but I called them, and I said, hey, I just want to check in with you. I want to let you know that I love you, and I, and I, and I just want to make sure that you're doing okay. And, and literally what happens afterwards, he calls me back. We have a conversation. We've met in my office. We spent time together. All of a sudden, there's a whole different level of trust that happens and a whole level, a, a, a different connection that happens between the two of us because I followed the prompting and I obeyed what God had asked me to do. I just go, God, I, I don't know why you're asking me to call him, but I will. And let's just see where it goes. You have to obey those things. When so, when, you remember... When your mom would tell you, hey, if something good comes to mind, you should share that with people. And if something bad comes to mind, just keep your mouth shut. Embrace that. Embrace that. So here's what I need you to understand. Most people go throughout their day without ever hearing anything good. They never hear anything good about themselves. Most people go all day long without ever hearing, hey, you're doing a good job. Hey, you look good today. And you don't do it in a creeper way. Like, hey, you look good today. <laughs> You, you got to do it in, the, in a way that just, and you can't, you know, like last week we showed a video where the guy walked up and said, looks like you lost weight. You know, like, hey, wait a minute, don't, don't get involved in that. Just tell people, hey, 
you look nice today. You know, even if they look like a wreck, just be like, hey, you look nice today. They'd be like, I look like a wreck. Better than yesterday. You know what I mean? You, know, you just have to get to this mindset of, of being able, when it comes to mind, do not rob somebody of a blessing by not sharing what God has prompted on your heart. It, it could be as simple as going through, I do it all the time when I, I try not to go to the cashiers at the Walmart because they seem to take way longer than people ringing themselves out. But when I do go to a cashier, I always have a conversation with them. There's never a time where I'm like, just ring my stuff up and let me get on my way. I'm always asking, how are you doing? How's today been? How many hours do you have left of this? Because this is nuts. You know, and, and I always get this conversation with them. And we just start breaking down walls. And they, start, they, they look up. They go from just this, this mindless scanning. And they look up. And all of a sudden, they have hope in their eyes because somebody treated them as an individual. Same thing when you come across somebody who's homeless on the street. I'm not asking you to give them money. In fact, I discourage you from giving them money. But that doesn't mean that you don't look at them in the eyes and go, I don't have money to give for you, but what I do have is I have love, I have encouragement. I, 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 we can give those things. That's free to give. And it's an opportunity to be, to, for us to be able to enrich somebody's life. Be compelled. When, they, when you feel that, that's the Spirit's prompting you to, and it's going to help you be able to multiply disciples. You, you know, if you're a jerk, nobody wants to go to church with a jerk. I'll tell you that right now. Nobody wants to go to a Bible study with somebody who's just like, no, that's not how it is. You're like, well, I'm, I'm going to find another place to go. And chances are they probably go to a different place. And it's not a church thing. It's not something where you get an opportunity to, to, to bless them or help them or encourage them or raise them up or help them grow it to where God wants them to be. No, you, you just turn them away by being a jerk. You've turned them deeper into depression by being somebody who neglects them. You've turned, you've turned people to think that you're a jerk because you don't say the good things that you thought. You just have to start having this different mindset of going this and, and just be compelled with the Spirit and be, and be able to, to, <laughs> to be obedient. I know that that's a curse word in church often when we say be obedient and you're like, uh-uh, why are you swearing in here? I mean, that's kind of how you feel. And so you just got to kind of change this. Be faithful to Jesus and when you are prompted, understand and receive that compelled and do what is asked. Just, just see what it is. See, what I want you to know something is, is that obedience is our responsibility. The outcome is God's. Know that. Obedience is our responsibility. The outcome is God's. So, is God telling you to bless somebody? Is God somebody just put them on your heart right now? Write that name down and go, hey, I'm going to reach out to them. You know, I, I'm sure that as I was just talking, you're like, oh, Maybe I should call mom back. I haven't talked to her in five weeks because she calls every Sunday and I just never call her back. Why don't you call mom back? You know, why don't you, why don't, why don't you do what God is prompting you to do? I, I, and I don't, I, so I want you to understand something. You have no idea how short life is that we spend here on earth. You have no idea. I, I want you, and the reason why I'm going to share this is because uh, it, it's just kind of, it, we got news this morning. So my oldest daughter, her husband, his father passed away last night in his sleep. Right? He was just there a couple days ago. No idea. No idea at all. There's no indications, no nothing. Just went to sleep. And that's it. It, it makes you realize that life is just but a breath. It's over. And then you, gotta, you have eternity. Where are you going to spend eternity at? Where is he spending eternity at? 
Remember, life is just but a breath here. How are we acting? Are we being faithful? Tomorrow is not promised to anyone. And so I just want you to remember is that you, you have to start going, are you being, are you being faithful and obedient and, and doing what God has asked you to do? Is he going, hey, go in this direction. Do these things. You know, um, <laughs> my, uh, my in-laws are here. And uh, before we started The Edge, we went and sat down with them because we were looking for people to go. We were actually telling people to go, you're nuts, don't do this, right? You know, it's what we were really looking for. And so we went and sat down with them, and uh, Melissa and I, we had been serving at other churches, and we, we, we really, to be honest, we were really selfish and didn't like what we were seeing, and we said, hey, we're going to do it better and different. And that's really, uh, it's, it's a really terrible way to start a church, but, um, but it, it's really the truth. And so we, were sat, we sat down, and we started talking to people, and we just started meeting with them, and so we got to... The last person on the list was our in-laws because, uh, or my in-laws, her parents. And the reason why is because we knew that that was the rejection, right? We knew that we showed up there, they're like, you're crazy. Uh-uh. And uh, we got there and we sat down and we said, hey, this is what God's leading to us. And they go, you should do it. You know? <laughs> there, was like, there was no reservation. There was no nothing. They were like, you should, you, yeah, we totally see that. You should do it. And we got, and Melissa and I looked at one another and we were like, Oh, I guess we're starting a church now. <laughs> like we thought that the complete rejection was coming there. Now, I, I will tell you is that as we, were, as we were going through this, we continued to seek God and go, hey, God, close this door, do this. You know. But we, we, we said, hey, we're going to be faithful because this is what you told us to do. And so we became faithful with the small things. And so everything about church became, so I, we immediately, once that started happening, we started tithing to our own church, right? We went, we started tithing, and so we got faithful with our money. We got out of debt. We became faithful with our money. We became faithful in all things, and just little small things, everything. In the middle of a pandemic, we go, we're going to be faithful to what our community asked for until it gets in the way of us reaching people for Jesus. And so then we said this, and here we are at the end of this, because of our small steps and our small faithful steps, we continue to see us reaching people for Jesus. We continue to have salvations. We continue to have... Guys, I want you to know something. The first week here, our first week in this building... We had eight salvations in the first week of this year. We had 12 salvations. Guys, you, you think about this, is that God continues. And we look at this and we go, yeah, we're the little church that could. But over the life of a church that's 12 years old now, that's my grandson. That's out there. He's, a, he's obviously like me. He wants to be the one heard and seen. Um, and so... But over this 12 years, we, we, we just started doing some math, and we've realized that as a church, we've had 580 salvations because of being, just being, just being faithful and obedient. And when God prompts, goes, okay, then that's what we're going to ask. And so we, we, now they're not all here because I've made mistakes. Other people have made mistakes. You know, uh, I, and we just look at this and we go, well, how are we going to do this? In the middle of a pandemic, we started building this building, right? We started doing the construction here. And, you know, if you talk to people, they walked in here when it was before we did any of the construction, they go, Mike, I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. And then they walk in and they go, wow. This week I had a meeting here on Wednesday they, and everybody walked in and they go, wow, this is really nice in here. And I go, I know we had to make it really nice to make up for the facility, right? to make up where it was at. And so we just, so that's what we have to have. And we just have to be faithful with the small things and obedient because God will bless those things. You're not always going to get it right. You're not, you're not always going to get it right, but be faithful what God is asking you to do and moving in the direction he's asked you to go. See, if you're faithful with a little, 
God will bless you with much. That's what he told us. And so here's, and we're going to go back to Habakkuk 2.4. And it says, look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives are crooked. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. Remember, every interaction is an opportunity to add value. It doesn't matter if that person's in the lobby or if that person's out on the street or if that person's wherever. I know this is terrible, but there we go. It must have been everywhere because it was bothering you. Uh. <laughs> she, the whole focus, she's like, I'm not even listening to the message. You see that string dropping off of him? You know, we got to take care of that. And, and so, but that's how it is. So every person that you come into contact with, whether they're here, out on the streets, in the parking lot, I, we, we used to drive by a church all the time. In the parking lot, on the exit sign, it would say entrance, but on the exit sign, it would say, you are now entering the mission field. Because the work, the work is done with the people that are in here as far as as far as getting them in the doors, as far as get, having an encounter with Jesus, we need to go get them out there. We need to go be fruitful and multiply. And we're not going to grow the church by having kids. We've already seen that, that that number's plummeting now. We need to go out and reach those that are lost and far from God. Amen. And we're not just talking about growing the Ed Community Church. We're not just talking about growing the Wesley Movement. We're talking about growing people to be into a relationship with Jesus. Guys, I can tell you right now, it is terrifying that when you walk into churches now, all through our community, just in Fairfield, there's 58 churches. All of them are operating right around 25%, which means that we're currently reaching about 5,000 people in a community of 150,000 people. We're reaching 3% of the population. Not enough. Not enough. We, we, guys, as, if you were to take ownership of this and be faithful, you would look and go, we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of people out here that have no idea who Jesus is, or they have an idea who Jesus is, but they have a misconstrued idea of who Jesus is. They, 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 they think that it's Santa Claus, and it's not. We need to fix it. So every interaction is an opportunity to add value. Every resource is an opportunity to multiply. Everything that we have is an opportunity to go out. We are called to be good stewards. Be a good steward of everything that God has given to you. And every opportunity is an op is every prompting is an opportunity to obey. So here's the thing, do it. Just do it. Whenever that prompting comes up, phone call, just saying something good, whatever it is, send an email, send a card, write a thank you letter. Every prompting is an opportunity to obey. Just do it. Just do it. I'm sure Nike's going to see me now. You know, but <laughs> see, obedience is your responsibility. The outcome is God's. That's it. The outcome is God's. Be faithful. And you'll see what God does. It's, it's just amazing. Um, our worship team's going to come up, and as we're, we're going to pray out, and I want you guys to, here's what I really want you to do is, um, I, it, we, I was at this conference this last week, and I, and I, think, that, I think that when we emulate somebody or when we steal something from them, it's the highest form of flattery. And so we were talking with a, the, one, of our, one of the other pastors that was down there, and he happens to pastor Skyline Church, and they have a thing called Oikos. And oikos is your family, your connection, your, your group that's around you. And so on your notes, what I want you to do, because you're not going to just be able to go out and reach everybody, right? You're not going to, everybody you're going to come in contact with, and you, have you heard about Jesus? All of a sudden they're going to go, hey, wait, wait a minute, you're, you're, you're a little crazy. <laughs> but people that you have a relationship with, people that you come in contact with, your coworkers, your family, the people you play, and Jeremy plays lots of golf, that's the pastor I'm referring to, he plays lots of golf, and so... He's much more blessed than I am in that way. I would like to play more golf. But, uh, <laughs> but 
as you, as you see this, he has this opportunity that as he goes out, he connects with them. And he goes, at the, about the ninth hole, he goes, oh, so why did God put you with a pastor today? You know, what happened? You know, what's going on in your life that we need to discuss this? See, for each one of you, you have a group of people, might be five, might be four, might be three, might be, it might be you and your spouse right now. And we're going to help develop that. And we're going to help grow that community. But write down five, six, eight, ten. Write down people that you come in contact with. Don't go greater than eight or ten. That's just too many people that you can realistically reach out to and go, hey, I'm praying for you. I'm thinking of you. Whatever's going on. So write down about eight to ten people, if you can get that high. Some of you don't have that many relationships. And uh, that's okay. I don't either. Right? We'll, 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 we'll be in prayer for one another to, to find friends. And, um, but, but that's where we need to, so that's where we're going to start with. You're going to start hearing that, and we're just going to start with that group, and it's about reaching out to them. And I want to tell you, it's not about growing the Edge Community Church. That's not what it's about. It, will that happen? Sure. If we're faithful with it, it'll happen. But we need to be faithful about reaching people for Jesus more than we need to be faithful about reaching people to grow a church. We need to grow the community that, that, of people that are going into, into God's kingdom rather than going in the other direction into the devil's domain. So let, let's be focused about that and let's be faithful in the small things and in the opportunities that God gives us with the, the people that we have and the promptings that we give. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for this, this, this. We often call it that we're running in the wrong direction or maybe we're traveling down the wrong tracks. And so, Father, we ask that you would just do this miracle correction and lift, of us, lift us up off the wrong tracks and put us onto the track that leads to you, that helps guide our faith to you, that helps, that helps us be faithful with the small things that, that makes us more contagious as far as Christianity, not, not as COVID, but as, as Christianity, to where people see us, where they see you oozing off of us. They see and they go, God, look, there's something different about them. I wonder what that is. And it makes it to where they're curious because we're, we're generous, we're faithful, we're loving, we're encouraging, we're confident in you. So Father, help us build all of that into our hearts and, and allow it just as we walk out the doors, allow it to be what oozes off of us. As we enter the mission field every day when we walk out of, a, of our homes and when we leave church, we're getting ready to walk out and to do the work that you've asked us to do in every encounter with anybody we come to. We are ambassadors for you. Do we act as ambassadors for you or are we ambassadors for self? Father, help us be ambassadors for you. Help us reach people for you. Help us to, to stop being so selfish with our time, our finances, and help us to be generous with the gifts that you've given us so that we can multiply them. Father, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for the, the, the newness that you've started with people in here, the, the, the new, just the new mindset they have, and that the, they're going to walk out with a whole new sense of courage and a whole new sense of boldness in their faith just because of, uh, just because of a small thing today. Now we just need to get back into our word and feed up this faith. And as it grows stronger, so will our relationship with those that we love, and so will our relationship with you. Father, thank you. It's in your son Jesus' name that we pray, that we ask for all of this, and all of God's people said, amen. amen.